Equally to Luai. And then he shows it to kick out, gives it to Crichton. Crichton's away. One to beat. Got the ball to Cleary. Cleary's going in again. Cleary's gone in for treble. Unbelievable. Look at this. The Panthers in celebration mode. Oh, Jerome Luai. Stand and applaud Penrith fans. Watch the trickery, the change of the speed, the hiding of the ball from the opposition and what it does to the, the defence. The hand there of Blake Ferguson, it'll be six more tackles. Cameron Munster's got it. And Munster goes straight through. Great stuff from the Storm 5-8. And he sends Ryan Pappenhausen into the corner. Set up by Munster, scored by Pappenhausen. And the Storm go further in front. Yeah, he's given it. They're cruising now. They're playing so well. So many match winners on their team. G'day everybody, welcome to episode, I have no idea what it is, Cocksmith, but we are back in the car, we are on the way back from Bruce Stadium, or Canberra Stadium, I'm Warwick Nicholson, that's Roberto Cocksmith, and we have a third member in the car, introduce yourself. Eyes. Yeah, Eyes, long time listeners of Not The Footy Show would recognise him when he was about six, uh, he is now 14, very disappointing that life has gone that quickly. And uh, speaking of things going quickly, Cocksmith, the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks, uh, they're leading the first half, gone quickly! They have been run down by the Raiders 32 points to 20 in the semi-final we watched tonight, mate. And, uh, yeah, a butcher of Baghdad from the Sharkies or Canberra waking up in the second half? Uh, mate, I think it looked like the Sharks just ran out of steam, didn't it? They started to play a little bit of spoiling football once uh, Canberra got a roll on and they just, I guess they just figured out they couldn't go with the, with the Raiders, mate. I think the Raiders looked fitter, faster, stronger. And... Uh, Obviously scored more points, so quite fitting that the Raiders came away with a win, I would have thought. Yeah, they played pretty horribly in the first half, Canberra, but to Cronulla's credit, they actually played a really high-tempo game of footy, I thought, and they were probably a bit unlucky only to be up... uh, Well, they were very unlucky to be only up 14 points to 10, but only to have 14 14 points. It felt like Cronulla should have scored, you know, three or four tries in that first half, and then the George Williams intercept. Um, I thought it was Sam Williams there for a second, I must admit. Uh, given how well he played last week, I thought he was still at number seven. And I realised it was actually someone with ability uh, running away to score a try. Uh, and that was huge because it just gave Canberra a little bit of, oh, gee, we're not out of this at all uh, since going into halftime. I'm sure Ricky tore strips off the wall in the, sec- in the halftime break. Did you hear anything, Cocksmith, from where you were sitting? No, mate, no, I didn't hear a thing. But, but, but before we go any further, what's this problem that you've got with Sam Williams? Apparently he sets up all the plays for the opposition going into, the, <laughs> into, the, into each game week. Right. And uh, I just wonder if he maybe didn't do his job this week because Cronulla led uh, pretty early on. And maybe he hit a few plays at training. A bit dirty, didn't get chance uh, at number seven. But obviously, <laughs> George Williams back in. Uh, no-brainer there from Ricky Stewart. And uh, Sammy Williams did his job last week. The the Sharks, they lost Blake Braley when he scored that try, uh, which yeah, was a really lucky one. Him. That hurt him big that time. Hurt. I was actually surprised they put Scott Sorensen in at nine and didn't just move Tracy there straight away and move Graham to six. That surprised me. Um, 
It didn't hurt him until sort of the second half, and then when Sorensen got hurt, he had to, to alternate. But the story in this game, there's two things. One is Canberra's first and second halves and the, the polar opposites. And that's something that Stewart's going to have to find some way to address because the, the Roosters are not going to be dis, uh, accommodating next week. Well, this is a big moment for them. They've just got a little bit of territorial momentum back here. And after getting out... Play on! Hey, play on! He's allowed it to go! What has caught them asleep and stored? Potentially Go back. very controversial Go back. because Wade Graham is saying he was he challenged that penalty, which he is entitled to because it's a stoppage. Tap the ball before any challenge is made. I yelled out straight away when the feet was on the ground. I said challenge. There's a third element. It's ruck interference that you can't challenge. No, ruck interference is six again. No, mate. The penalty is for ruck interference. The decision by Atkins, the referee, to. Uh, go six again and then call a penalty on Andrew Fafita who really should have been binned for a blatant professional foul 10 minutes out, ten minutes out from the line decided to play the ball there and just had no interest in getting out of there he called six again and then he called penalty and allowed Jack Whiten to take a tap and score a try now I wasn't privy sitting in the stands to hear what the commentators said who were then obviously going to interpret what Wade Graham was said but my interpretation before you tell me what it was Cocksmith was Graham was dirty he couldn't challenge the call with the captain's challenge. Am I right in that? Mate, you've actually got me on that. I, I don't know exactly what the ruling was. I do know that, that uh, Wade was talking about the, the six again and the penalty because I could I could see what he was saying but I couldn't hear what they said. So he obviously had an issue with not being able to challenge it uh, from the penalty standpoint. Um, didn't have time to challenge it maybe. Maybe that's what, you know, because there was a quick tap. Um, and the key part of that was that Graham was the one that turned to the ref to remonstrate with the ref about the decision, and that's where Whiten ran through. Yep. So that's why Graham would have been absolutely livid. Uh, we may have obviously, we'll find out when we watch the game afterwards, uh, people, but that's how we interpreted it live after the match. Uh, the question that I have is, in that situation... I don't know why Wade Graham has a right if the referee is still allowing. I, I didn't. I haven't heard anything saying that quick taps aren't allowed at all. So if they're not, if they've been outlawed, then I can understand him blowing up. But if they're still allowed, then surely that whitens within his rights to to, to do the quick tap. Well, I, I wouldn't have thought that if they were outlawed, that Atkins would have stood there and argued with him. Yeah, um, exactly. So I, I, there must be still the avenue for the quick tap. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Mate. But it was a it was a long remonstration from, from Ray Graham, Ray to Graham. That's for sure. Well, it was a long bow as well because they were getting they were getting done yep. uh, either way. So he was drawing a long bow on that one, mate. Um, look, the the Sharks just didn't have the firepower um, this year. They never beat anybody in the top eight yep. all year. They weren't about to tonight, really. Uh, they got away to a good start, but you know I think we can put that down to Ricky's men. Uh, getting an ordinary start which they've done a couple of times this year uh, so you know, I don't know if Ricky's going to if he's going to solve that problem though in the in the uh, the week that he's got to play uh, whoever he's playing next week uh, well it will Roosters. be the Roosters uh, we will talk about the Roosters and the Panthers game um, after I think we have a little bite to eat on the way home but uh, the issue that I've got 
this is the, this is what worried me about the resting of players last week, and it worked for Cronulla against Cronulla as well. Both Canberra and Cronulla haven't been going that well that I think you could afford to just rest everybody and then try and restart the heart again in two weeks, and that's what I think Canberra's issue is. They haven't really played fantastically well since that Roosters game, uh, and yeah, it's a concern. And I don't think the Roosters... I don't expect the Roosters to lead 10-0 and then um, get run down by Canberra next week. That's that's. So I, don't, I don't see that happening. No, I don't, I don't... I don't think... Uh, I don't think the uh, Raiders will be, be uh, you know, catching the Roosters if they get off to a good start. No. Um, I think it was merely a... Uh, you know, the team they were playing tonight just were out to a good start they could catch them and then they surpassed them and, and that was that was really the end of that and really the difference margin in the end it could have been a lot more if Canberra had been a bit more ruthless in those last 20 minutes it, it could have been a, a, a sort of 40 point um, full time score to the Raiders yeah. uh, we just land up at Macca's everybody there's a thing and I actually have some news uh, Cocksmith we got approached got a about sponsorship? a sponsorship with, with Macca's this week not Macca's oh. but it starts with them we'll be back after the break here at Not The Footy Show Not The Footy Show so we've all got to wait around to watch Aiden Guerra have a kick for goal. Is it a billion to one? A billion to one. I've just been informed he's had two try assists this year. So sorry, Aiden. So a billion, a billion to one on the kick, Andrews. Hang on, he's just gone out. He's a gazillion to one. A gazillion to one. Here he goes, Aiden Guerra. Look out! Oh, Look out! My goodness! <laughs> oh, OMG! Aiden Guerra, a billion to one, Johnsy Bet. That's all from here. Hey, we're back. It's episode 222 of Not the Footy Show, Cocksmith. Welcome to the Richie Benno uh, podcast. Yes. The great man. Um, I am actually feeling a bit ashamed. I didn't realise it was 222 at the start of the show, but we hadn't done one since. Forever. Uh, was it August? Start of August? End of July? I don't know. I can't remember. It's been that long ago. It's been a while, but. Uh, what hasn't been a while is the end of the Melbourne Parramatta game. It is just completed as we drive back from Canberra. And Melbourne has won a track meet. Uh, it was 36-24 up there at Suncorp Stadium. And that means that Melbourne are into another prelim final. And Parramatta are going to have to uh, go the hard way. They, they'll first have to take on the winner of South versus Newcastle to then play Penrith. And on the other side of the draw, the Roosters and Canberra will fight it out to take on Melbourne. Cocksmith, I did tease as we went to the break and as we went to McDonald's for what was once again an underwhelming meal. Uh, we have been contacted about a sponsorship, mate. Yeah. Now, very, 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 very preliminary discussions. In fact, all I said to them was, I need to speak to my co-host first. Yes. And find out if he's open to the idea. So have you spoken to DC about this? <laughs> no, DC is still telling me that they need to expand to 17 teams because that's where the money is. <laughs> so he's after the money. Uh, he is. Uh, and uh, Matty Duncan, well, he's apparently now a Redcliffe Dolphins fan. Uh, that's the information that I'm getting. He has thrown the Broncos aside like many a young uh, boy and girl would have uh, this season. Yeah. Broncos wooden spoon. How good was that? Best ever. Best ever. Isaac, any contribution to that? Thanks, Isaac. And <laughs> there's a laugh in the background. Uh, Melbourne, they get through. Uh, we listen to ABC Radio, and there were a billion references to A, how old Cam Smith is, and B, how good he was. Uh, he gets them across the line again, but there was a story out of that, and that is Cam Munster went off injured. Uh, there was a few other players, apparently. Sevo, Ferguson, 
the Cam Munster one is the big one. If Cam Munster can't back up in a few weeks' time, Cocksmith, and the uh, winner of Raiders and Roosters turns up at Suncorp, uh, I think it narrows the gap a little bit. I agree, mate. I think uh, the two Camerons are the most important uh, players for, for Melbourne's campaign this year. Yep. Uh, and um, without one of them or both of them, Melbourne can't win the comp. There you go. Cocksmith has declared it. Uh, for Parramatta, oh, gee. They got to 18 all when we were listening and now we both, we all missed the first sort of 20 minutes or 30 minutes of the game, first half basically. But from what we understand, 12-0 para lead, you can't blow that against Melbourne. Oh, absolutely. Oh, just, and, and the challenge for para now is they're going to have to lick their wounds and probably Saturday night host the winner of South versus Newcastle. It's it's yeah. not it's not good for para. It, it, can't lose a game like that and expect to turn up the next week and be confident you're going to hold out either the bunnies or the knights. Yeah, look, I mean, it's a little little early. I may I may have gone off early, but I did say before to you while we we're listening to that uh, game on the radio that I, I actually think if Brad Arthur if Brad Arthur goes lose lose in this final series, he'll be on his very last chance. Not only as Parramatta coach, I believe as an NRL coach next year if he doesn't perform better than that he'll be showing the door now I think his recent track record in finals is not fantastic apart from the the Bronco massacre last year in the qualifier or the first week of the finals they then got spanked by Melbourne the next week yep and the year before they didn't make the finals and the year before that they finished in the top four and lost both semi-finals yeah yeah. Uh, so yeah, you're right about the, the pressure being on. He did extend, I think, this year. He did, yeah. as I understand, um, to go for another season, but another couple of seasons. But yeah, it's given the start Para had to this campaign, and they were they were the runaway leaders until uh, Penrith um, just stopped losing, and Para had a bit of a, of a stretch there. But the, the stat that came out of Para, and I've, they scored some points tonight, but they were the least points four of all the attack, of all the top eight teams going yeah. into the finals. Yeah, I think so. Um, and, and my theory with them, sorry I haven't done a podcast for a while, everyone, but, but they live off possession. They need the the, 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 um, the major share of possession. And the reason that's so big for power is it then creates uh, the 20-metre zone, attacking zone area for King Gutho to actually be effective because if he doesn't have a run of possession and gets to camp inside the 20, he is... He's their main playmaker, and he's not effective outside that twenty. Yeah, I mean, Para, Para consistently looking for a sixty percent plus kind of you yeah. know, possession rate. If they don't get it, they do struggle a little bit. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you with that, and, and I just can't work out for the life of me why why Mitchell Moses isn't their chief playmaker when he's wearing the seven and he's got the big dollars and. Um, yeah, it seems that Gutho has taken over that role this year. It certainly has. Uh, so, big uh, couple of days, a week for Para to regroup. And uh, you'll hear this podcast, and I'll probably release it after um, the South Newcastle game, so we know that result and give you a bit of a view on that. But at this stage, yeah, Para uh, into the elimination game, uh, the Roosters into the elimination game, and we think that that means it'll be uh, Roosters, Raiders, probably at the SCG on Friday, and Parramatta hosting South Sport Newcastle on Saturday night. We'll be going, uh, we won't go another break, but what we'll tell you is uh, a company involved in um, 
how do we put it, Isaac? How, how would you how would you describe this company? Grooming. Grooming a grooming company. A grooming company. I'm not going to drop their name yet because that would be giving them a free plug before we've come into an agreement. Uh, but a grooming company. So I am going to have to start trimming the beard a bit more, which I'm, I'm open to. Uh, I'm going to trim my beard. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that 14 year old beard, it's, it's going tremendous. Coxsmith, you, you do you do tend to shave a little bit more than I do. Yeah. What's what's the route? How how often a week would you uh, say you? Mate, uh, uh, probably twice a week. Not not overly. I, I don't mind letting the stubble grow a little bit. You know. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? If a grooming company comes on board and wants me to shave every damn day, uh, <laughs> mate, I'm, you know me. Get you up, Buttercup. A hundred percent. You know, if there's something on the table for for Smithers, I'll be uh, taking it with two hands. Thanks very much. <laughs> So I think that is a yes. We are happy to enter in negotiations to this company. It starts with an M, and at this point, that is all you're going to get from us. Uh, we'll be back after the break to talk about a couple of theories that have emanated out of uh, today's travel to Canberra and the way back. Maybe even a bit of origin talk just for you, Cocksmith. How's that sound? Can't wait for that. Not the footy show. show. Big bomb! Big bomb! 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 Oh, nice! Nice! Okay, it's time to talk about Penrith's 29-28 win over the Roosters on Friday night. Uh, Joey Johns called it one of the greatest semi-final games he's ever seen. I can't quite go to that extent. I thought it was a good game, but I don't think it was, like, epic. Yeah. That's not the word I'm going to go with. Uh, 10-0 Roosters, and then, before you know it, it was 28-10 or something to the yep. uh, Nathan Beery-inspired Panthers. What stood out to you the most uh, in the in the victory for Penrith, Rob? Well, what really stood out was how different the Roosters were from the week before, which has just got me scratching my head. I mean, how they can get toweled by 60 points to 8. By South, yeah. By South one week, and then, you know, take it down to the wire with, uh, you know, a team that only been beaten once all year. Very, very, very weird. But anyway... Uh, I, I thought the Roosters were... I thought they started off nice and strong. Yeah. You know, I, I think they showed much more commitment um, in everything and every facet of their play this week. Um, but, you know, I, I, I just don't... It, it seems to me, and, and obviously it's right, it, it obviously is correct, the Roosters are an ageing team. And, and I think they got out enthused... By, by Penrith the other night and I mean I haven't watched the replay so yeah. it's, it's really hard for me to judge because I was in one spot for the whole game but it just seems like they got out enthused and out out um, hustled so to speak um, and look the big difference is is that you know uh, Penrith have a halfback and and Roosters don't yeah. they don't have a, 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 a player that manages the game Kiri tries but he's not really that kind of a player. I mean, you know, he did last year in, in the grand final. In the two years ago, actually. Sorry, two years ago. Um, but but you know, Cleary, uh, Cleary is um, his head and shoulders the best halfback in the comp at the moment. Um, and you know, he, he he basically managed that game for Penrith, and they they, they came up trump. Right? I mean, they, they won. You know, I mean, and that's that's. Uh, 
down to game management and tactics, and um, and that's what got them there. Yeah, they, they really put the foot down, which is what has been my big criticism of them most of the year, is that in some games they've just sort of cruised and they've been happy with a 6-0 lead or a 12-0 lead. And they eventually roll over teams in the last sort of 15 minutes, but when they were downtown nil. Uh, there was a couple of plays from old JWH which weren't great. He did a high tackle on Dylan Edwards to let him march up the field. And then he was the guy that was caught ball watching um, when Cleary scored off the Dylan Edwards pass. Yep. And it just opened the door for Penrith. And then they just they just kicked the whole thing down. Yeah. It was really impressive to see the intent there from Penrith. And they scored some really nice tries. And yeah, before you knew it, just after half time, it's 28-10. I was... I've been big on the fact that I think East are the best team in the comp and they've shown more than a few times this year that they at their best they are the best team running around yeah but I thought last week against the Bunnies it was just an aberration it was it was sort of one of those perfect storms that goes against you the other team just plays out of their skin and you just can't find that that extra gear or that extra effort that you've found for the last two years and you go okay I can give them that mulligan that's, that's, that's allowed and then for them to drop a 10-0 lead, that that is probably the first time all year I've looked at the Roosters and gone, I don't know if age is the word I'd use. I'd use battered, game-weary. They've played so much footy in the last, well, three years now. And and what worries me is, at some point, you just don't have anything else to pull out of the tank. And that's what worried me about the way that... I know they almost got there in the end, technically, but that was because Brent Naden pulled off a dumb, dumb move off the kickoff. And seven-point lead, that should have been over with two minutes to go. And if they get the points, so be it. But I, I go into this next week and I go... This is probably the first time all year I, I look at the Roosters and go, I don't know if they've still got that... I guess that fire, that intensity that I thought they've been by far the best team out there, keeping intensity, attacking in waves. It, di- it didn't look there. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, look, look at, looking at the um, the coaches' responses last night, it's, it's the most animated I've seen him. Oh, yeah. It obviously meant something Robinson, to him yeah. last night. Yeah, Coach Robinson. Um, yeah, but I, I just don't know if, if the bodies were able to, to deliver what the Roosters' heads were asking, if you yeah. know what I'm saying. Yep. Um, and yeah, they're, they're probably tired. I mean, this, this this competition this year has probably been one of the harder ones because there's been no breaks, no split rounds. Um, in hindsight, it might have been nice for the NRL to you know to, to whack a couple of split rounds in, but they just ran out of time. Yeah. Um, you know, with the COVID break and what and the been, obligations to TV. TV was was the big one. Uh, so you know, uh, I think this one this year will go down as one of the hardest competitions. In, in as much as it's just relentless, there haven't been yep. too many breaks, and players have had to be rested here and there, uh, which has weakened their teams. But yeah, mate, I don't know. I mean, who, so who could the Roosters play next week? It's Canberra. That's Canberra. Sorry, Canberra. Well, Canberra, Canberra will will stand up against them, and um, you know they'll they'll give them a headache. Uh, it won't be an easy road, and, and I, I, there's a fair chance that there's a good chance that, that Raiders might walk away from that with a victory. And, and they'll be fired up for it. I mean, they remember what happened last year in the grand final, and there's yep. still quite a few of them, and, and a lot of supporters that feel like they were uh, hard done by. And um, they'll be looking for a little bit of retribution. So it won't be an easy night for the Roosters next next week. And let me ask you this question. If the Roosters go out in straight sets, yeah. 
how has this tarnished the reputation or the dynasty chat around them? Oh, look, I, I don't think it does, mate. I mean, they won back-to-back grand finals in the NRL era, uh, which hasn't been done. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I don't think, you know, I don't think it really does anything um, to harm their chances uh, of, 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 you know, staying together and keeping the coach and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think they'd be fine. I think, I think Coach Robinson could miss out on the finals for the next two years and still keep his job. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's clear to me that the players need a break. And, and this is what worries me about having Origin uh, at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we're going to see the best Origin series that we could have had if we didn't have COVID this year. Um, because I think players are just going to be burnt out and tired. And, you, know, the, you know, the one thing they probably don't want is another four weeks in camp, which is what they're about to get uh, if they make the 27-man squad. So... Yeah, it's, uh, it's relentless, mate. They won't, won't be finished till December. And uh, we all know that most clubs come back in January. Uh, so, it'll, you know, actually a lot of clubs, you know, they, they, they have a, a month off after the season yeah. and then start again, then stop for Christmas and then start again in January. So, it'll be different next year and we'll see what happens with all this pandemic stuff and, uh, and what happens from there. But, uh, but I think... I think full credit to Penrith, mate. I think, you know, they've, they've proven so far this year to be the best team. And, uh, you know, it's we're getting down to the nitty-gritty and I'll get a week off and uh, the Roosters won't. And I think it'll do the Penrith the world of good to have the week off, actually. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll see what happens from there. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think it, it doesn't detract from the Roosters and what they've done uh, the last few years. It'll be disappointing for them, but... That whole thing where the players just need that mental break. Um, it's going to be tough for the top echelon of those roosters, though, because they will be going into origin camp if they make themselves available. There was one last comment as we finish, uh, and that was from Trent Robinson, who, as you say, was very animated. And there's one thing that you, know, you don't take enjoyment from it, but it is interesting to watch, is when a team that wins a lot just keeps winning, there's always the... the camera pans up to the box and there's just this coach keep calm in complete control you know yeah. everything's just progressing as I have foreseen yeah. it has not been that way for old Robbo the last two weeks and no. his comment in the press conference it's the, probably the first time I've heard him clutch at something and it was we just ran out of time <laughs> they led 10-0 and the Roosters just ran out of time to catch the Panthers. Yeah. It's yeah. funny what losing does to someone's sense of reality uh, a bit. And look, he's done a wonderful job at the Roosters and we're not degrading what he is as a coach or anything like that. But it's just an example that we're all human. And uh, when you lose, uh, yeah, you look at things slightly differently. Uh, well, that's what he'll be selling to them this week. Yeah, we ran out of time, boys. We had that game, you know. We let it slip in the in the first half, and then we fought back, you know, valiantly. And we we had that game, and we just, you know, we had it been a minute longer, we'd win that game. And that's to build some belief, which could very well be sliding a little bit in the Roosters' camp after sixty to eight, and um, and then get being pipped, you know, last night. Um, so yeah, I, I, but you look, 
mate, in saying that, there is still no other team that I've seen in the last 10 years that could click and can click like the Roosters Great. can. On, yep. on their night or on their afternoon, they can click and there'll be no team in the world that'll beat them. Um, it's just, I think there's a lot of tired legs in that team and sore heads and, yep. uh, you know, like I say, it's... Uh, if the, if the season was four weeks shorter, which it's not, if it was, uh, I'd say the Roosters win the, the, the competition. But, yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit longer. The Penrith, Penrith team are uh, pretty much easily the youngest team in the comp, I believe. Um, no, the Broncos, mate. Oh, the Broncos. Remember sorry. Seabold. That's so Seabold, yeah. yeah Supercoach Seabold. He always knew the numbers. The numbers. But, uh, the, the, interestingly enough, I think it was 12 of the 17... Penrith players last night debuted with the club. A lot of them played junior football together. Yep. Um, and there's a few other juniors that played in those junior teams sitting, you know, in the extended squad waiting for games. So, um, you know, they've, they've, they've got their depth and they've got their, their young legs and they're very keen, mate. I mean, when that little when that little uh, brouhaha broke out last night with uh, uh, Kyle Flanagan after he was he was thrown off of a player, yep. um, you could see every single Penrith player wanted to be in there to stick up for their mates. Yep. I mean, you know, I, I see them really playing as a team and really digging in for each other. Um, and uh, you know, even the old boys like Tarmel, he's, he's he's bought in. He's you know he's uh, really like he's like one of the young blokes at the moment. So yep. uh, we'll see what happens with him. I, I, I wish him all the best. Yeah, there's no doubt you're on the Panther bandwagon. If there was a wagon, you'd be on. I'm on it. I'm very, very much on it. Uh, I think uh, myself and my nephew will be on the Raider bandwagon as long as it can survive, even if it does end in six or seven days' time. Not the footy show. show. Now Cook breaks into open pasture. They're after him. Here comes one that'll get him. My goodness, that was a sprint by Bradman Best. Didn't uh, didn't seal the tackle. He'll go all the way, Cook. Cook, he's gone all the way. Heavens above. 30 metres out, not even that. 20 metres out from his own line, and he's off. Look at the speed here. He surges the initial part. Now he's got Best coming at him. Makes the tackle. He's got the temerity to get up and go again. And despite support... Sprint the way to the try line. Harvey Norman replay. Not just speed and ability, courage. Absolute courage. Okay, everyone, it's Monday night editing the podcast and there's nothing about the Rabbitohs' big win over Newcastle. So what I've done is I've gone to the archives of the old WhatsApp group you remember from years ago or last year or 15 minutes ago. And I got a question from Brendan Clark and he says, was, you're a smart man. I did not pay him to say that and I think he's delusional, but I'll keep going. He says, I hate Souths, but they can make the grand final. They'll do the Eels, no Fergo, no Sevo, and then they have every opportunity to beat Penrith. The Panthers are buying into the news that they've won it already. What's your thoughts? Interesting. Um, I had this uh, viewpoint Friday night after seeing how the Panthers had celebrated at the end of their game, and we discussed that with Rob on the way home from Canberra. Souths, that performance... They were down 14-0. Uh, there's the argument whether Newcastle go for the penalty goal or go for the try to go over 18 nil. They're just not a very good football team at the moment. Newcastle, they had some good patches through the year, but they were there prime for the taking and uh, the Bunnies 
certainly did that. I like their chances against uh, the Eels for sure. And part of me then wonders, you know, what would the NRL like as the prelim final? Is it Penrith South or Penrith Para? I think the grand final that the NRL would have loved to have had would have been uh, Parramatta versus Penrith. That can't happen now. And as for South going all the way, well, you know, Damien Gook, he was spectacular. They got Cody Walker playing like a fullback in attack. Adam Reynolds is doing the job. The Ford Pack's doing their job. Corey Allen hasn't missed a beat uh, replacing Latrell Mitchell. That's not a slower Mitchell, but Corey Allen's doing a great job. Yeah, I agree with you. They could they could make the grand final. I don't think Penrith are a lay-down Mazaire, if that's the right use of that uh, 500 reference. But at this stage, yeah, I'm going to agree with you, mate. I think South Sydney, the, the dominoes may fall in the right order for them. Again, which is another metaphor or whatever that word is. Uh, but I agree with you, mate. They are a massive chance. And it's just stay healthy at this time of year. Your key players fire. And uh, Newcastle, look forward to next year. But South Sydney, you're still in the fight. Good luck. All right, we're back. It's the last segment here on episode 222 of Not The Footy Show. Uh, I may have just wedged in a little Newcastle and South Sydney chat in amongst there somewhere. Cocksmith, we talked about a lot of things coming down in the car. But uh, my nephew Isaac, he has a theory. And then the Raiders got up tonight and yep. they move on to the next week. And a guy that we're both fond of, I know you're fond of him as well. Uh, we call him Little Biscuit. Little Biscuit. And yes. that is uh, Tom Starling. Because he looks a lot like uh, Damien Cook and he plays a little bit like him. So that's why we're going with that nickname. Yeah. Come next year, Canberra get knocked out next week or they go all the way to the grand final or whatever. Josh Hodgson's got to come back into the Raiders team, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. What does Ricky Stewart do with Tommy Starling? Probably the same same as what uh, Melbourne are doing with um, Brandon Smith and Harry Grant. Try and hold on to him. Well, they've re-signed him, but where, if, if you come round one next year, I mean, I think Hodgson's a chance of being fit for, for round one next year. But, Isaac, you've got a bit of a theory about where you might play J.H., J, Josh Hodgson. Josh, Josh Hodgson, Hodgson, yes. Josh Hodgson, I think... Tom Starling, the, the form that he's been in at the moment, it's a bit hard to say. You don't, you don't want to him in your best 17. I think having Josh Hodgson back in the side, you, you can't not play him either. So on the way up, we're, we're talking about this, this this lock position, this this lock for for uh, Josh Hodgson, and whether that could work in for playing both Hodgson and Starling in our best 17. What do you reckon, Cogsmith? Bit of bit of 13 action, not not 80 minutes, but a bit of 13 action for Josh Hodgson. See. I've got a drama with that, to be honest, and it's the same drama that I had with McInnes playing 13 this year. Yep. Uh, when Ben Hunt isn't, you know, half the player at nine that McInnes is, and I, I, I think to play your players the best, play them in their best position, and not invent positions for them. I reckon you could get by with a few weeks of doing it, but yeah. I do think that Ricky would like some power off the bench. Um, you know, it might be something you do in the second half. Uh, you might you might bring Starling on as a fresh pair of legs at nine, yep. and let Hodgson go back to thirteen when the power's gone out of the game a bit. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if you'd do it too early on in the game. But it's uh, look, I, I think Hodgson could, you know, Hodgson could deputise. He, he could play thirteen. I, I think physically he he definitely be able well, to play could, there, and he could also play at six or seven. Yeah. Um, you know, but you're pretty well covered for those positions unless yep. unless you get an injury. Um, but, it, you know, Ricky will be doing his very best to hold on to both of those players. Um, be 
because uh, you know Starling's really emerged this year as uh, one of those exciting hookers, uh, along with Harry Grant and uh, Reed Marnie and and uh, Brandon Smith. I mean, yep. we've got a glut of, of young hookers at the moment, which is great. Yeah, I think what appeals to me the most about that move is the extra playmaking that he that he would offer on the field. Yeah, but I mean, how many playmakers do you need? You've got a 6, 7, 1, 9, well, 13. I mean, Nickel Clockstay's not a playmaker. He's no, a runner. He's a runner. He to run the ball. I, I just, it's, it's a matter of getting your best your best 13 on the park. And one thing Canberra will have next year is an abundance of, of props. Um, Brian James is joining the club. Yeah. Uh, Horsburgh will be fit again. Guler will be fit again. Will Horsburgh be fit again this year? Or is he no, uh, I think it would take a miracle for him to be available for come grand final. Though. Okay. Uh, but I actually don't think Ricky would probably play him at this stage. Um, the boys who have been there have done the job. I guess Sutton getting injured would have been a factor. But that was one of the discussions that came up uh, on the way down. And the other thing that uh, was discussed was what happens with the New South Wales and Queensland? I think New South Wales are the ones that have named a, a couple of players in their train-on squad, Gogsmith, yeah. Yeah. Um, in regards to the bubble. Because there's a few teams, that, well, those eight teams didn't make the finals, and... From what I understand, a few players were named, and I saw Jakey Trebojevic on the Matty John show. Yep. And my thing was, hang on, if he's got to, st- does he have to stay in a bubble? Because how could he be around people who aren't in a bubble? Yeah. And I believe you have some information on that. Yeah, I spoke to Freddie um, this afternoon, uh, and Freddie Fiddler. I spoke to him. Uh, he came into the photographer's room and. I asked him about that. I said, when, when does your bubble start for New South Wales? And he said that the bubble doesn't start for another week and a half from today. So they've got two weeks of freedom, so to speak. Awesome. Um, and I also asked him about, you know, there's been a couple of players that he may have overlooked when he first named, you know, um, some players to, not to come into camp, but basically who are going to be in the team. Um, and he said to me, he said, look, he said, that... That's just letting some players know who are definitely in the team. Yep. He said, I can go back to those same teams and um, choose more players if I need be. You know, that'll depend on injuries and whatnot. So, you know, let's say he's, he's already picked or he's already overlooked somebody from St. George or from wherever. He yep. can go back and um, reevaluate that once the competition proper is over and who, who's available and who's not. All right. So, uh, for all those Lomax fans out there that, <laughs> that think uh, that, that Zach should have been in the team, well, there's every chance he still may be. And if you're a David Doffaluma fan, there's still hope for him as well. Yes. Uh, the other side of the border, uh, Kevin Walters gets the Brisbane Broncos job after campaigning for that for what seemed like two or three hundred Well, years. not only has he been campaigning, but every <laughs> Brisbane old boy has been campaigning, campaigning for, for it as well. well. He must be a real terrific fella, Kevin Kev Walters. Oh, there's no doubt that I think he's a, he's a, he's a top fellow. He, he, he went a little bit crazy last year with the, the coach whisperer <laughs> and ne- never uttering the word New South Wales. Will Kevin Walters now use the words New South Wales? Uh, probably, but will he utter the uh, words of the 15 other clubs? <laughs> yeah, uh, we played well against the... Yeah, them. Them. Those, those guys. <laughs> the team. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so he's taken out of Brisbane. I, I think it probably deserves a little bit more time in another podcast to, to delve into how we think that's going to go. But, I mean, he's following Supercoach Seabold. So the, the best thing I've seen from the Broncos all week after they announced Kevin Walters is they did not take Kevin Walters' official Broncos coaching job photo 
in the plaid. <laughs> so it's back to classic polo shirts. Uh, the only way is up for them. Now, the, that means that Kevy has had to step aside as the Queensland Origin coach. Yes. And a New South Wales fan, New South Wales fan I'm a little bit disappointed about that because I actually liked our chances with Kevy in charge of a very inexperienced and potentially underwhelming team. And uh, instead, uh, the Maroons have <laughs> brought back Uncle Benny. They've wheeled him out again, mate, just uh, like uh, Weekend at Bernie's. They've thought him out. They've said, hey, I know you're coaching South, but, you know, in the refrigerator, we're going to keep you on ice for a few more weeks and bring you back for origin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it oh, makes look, sense. I, I, think it's, I think it's great for Queensland. I, I, you know, I, there's, who, who else are you going to pick? I mean, you're probably not going to pick Paul Green. Um, I think it was down to uh, Wayne Bennett, Paul Green, or Fatty Borden. Oh, the fat man. The fat man. Bring him back. Um, no, they picked the right one there, I think, mate. Bennett will uh, get the best out of... He, he really does get the best out of especially young blokes um, that can fall under his spell, uh, you know, yep. a lot easier than the jaded old blokes. So, yeah, I think he, he'll do well. Um, and it won't really matter who they get. He'll uh, program them for the three weeks and um, off they go. But it is a fascinating uh, exploration into who they can actually pick if you do sit down and try and work out who Queensland uh, have available to start with and then the quality to actually pick from. Mate, it's, it's, it is... I mean, look, we've, we've just sat in the car here for half an hour listening to the, the radio, the ABC radio talk about Origin whilst they uh, also called a game. They may have referred to Origin more times than they did the actual semi-finals. I think they might have, yeah. It's, every, it's on everyone's mind, isn't it? Yeah. Origin is uh, is on everyone's mind, and look, it'll come down to who's who's fit enough to play, uh, who wants to play, who um, you know who's not injured, who's not carrying too many injuries, and I, I believe the number is twenty seven players get to go into the bubble, and uh, I'm not sure if they're allowed to call on any more players once there's twenty seven. Ah, yeah, because of the um, restrictions. That's right. So twenty seven uh, go into the bubble, and no more come become available because uh, yeah everyone will be out of the bubble otherwise. So we will have uh, a few Sharks players no doubt added to the um, lists uh, come Monday or Tuesday and it's the same for the loser of uh, Newcastle and South Sydney. Yeah. Is there anything else we should have covered off? I don't know if I can think of anything straight off the top of my head. No, other, other than when you turn the, this thing off I want to hear more about this uh, potential sponsor. Um, <laughs> Because, you know, I've been about having a sponsor for the last couple of years. It seems maybe we've got one, maybe. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we will be in touch uh, with that sponsor and it may even get a run next podcast, which could be very soon. Yeah. Because uh, it is always fun chatting with the man, Mr. Rob Cox. That's been uh, IAR uh, Eyes. That's what you'll be known as. You don't want to be identified. IAR. He's, he he's wearing a Not The Footy Show t shirt. Yeah. I noticed that. I saw it in the crowd tonight. I did send you a photo, by the way, yeah, you remember? You did. We were on the FaceTime with uh, the family, yeah. showing them where we were. And uh, I've been Warwick Nicholson. That's been episode 222 of Not The Footy Show. Thank you for your, com- for your company. Uh, and uh, there is a probably going to be some sort of mashup of um, just being at the ground and during the game and our slightly over-the-top reactions to the uh, Canberra tries uh, during this evening. I will uh, I'll put that together in the next couple of days and that'll be on our Facebook page facebook.com slash NRL podcast and NRL tweet 
R-O-B-B-C-O-X on Instagram. Yes, that's me. And uh, who knows, he may even mention that he actually is on a show called Not The Footy Show. I might, you know what, I, I made a post the other day for the first time in months, so uh, I might, you never know. What, might, about Not The Footy Show? No, no, just, no of course just not. a general photo oh. of Nathan Cleary celebrating the win the other night after he slotted that field goal. How, how silly of me. Uh, we actually, before we wrap, we really probably should talk a little bit about that game on Friday night. Yeah, why not? Because we haven't uh, done it. What yeah. we'll do is we'll take a break and we'll come back. And who knows, I may have actually put this earlier in the podcast. So uh, if I don't follow it straight with this, you'll hear the outro music and go PVL telling you how great life is. Uh, but in the meantime, a bit of Penrith and uh, Roosters chat here on The Footy Show. Very slick, mate. So slick. Very slick. I'm glad, I'm glad you caught, caught me up on the fact I didn't, we didn't talk about it. I was, I was like, what are we what talk talking about? about? <laughs> oh, yeah. I said, what do you want to talk about? Yeah. Oh, nothing. <laughs> well, I, I just thought you were done. I was. Good night. <laughs> okay, everyone, it's time for the most popular segment here on Not The Footy Show from 2011. That means that man, Eyes, is back in the building. How are you doing, champion? Good. How's your off-season been, mate? Have you been uh, watching how the Canberra Raiders have been preparing for the new season? No. <laughs> so, are you where they're playing this weekend? Did you know the footy was starting or not? No. Mate, we're going to get your tips for all the whole season and for this round. So, firstly, who's going to win the grand final, mate? Campbell Raiders. And who are they going to beat in the grand final? Um... Panthers. Oh, the Panthers. So Raiders versus Panthers from Oz. Now, who's going to be the best player this year? Who's your favourite player? Campbell Raider. <laughs> yes, but is there a player that you go for who you like? What's his name? Bobby Hey, <laughs> There we go. Uh, well done. All eyes. We'll hope to have you every week for the rest of the year. Buddy, we'll speak to you again next week on Not The Footy Show. See you, champion. Yep. Have a good day, That's been Not The Footy Show, episode 222. I've been Warren Nicholson. That's been Rob Cox. Isaac's asleep in the back. Yep. Actually, Isaac's not in the back. Where'd he go? Ah, uh, we've lost him. Thank uh, you very I think, much. <laughs> I think we tied him to the rear bumper. Uh, <laughs> we lost him a few uh, k's down the road. He kept up for a little while. Yeah, oh, he kept up. Uh, <laughs> Chevy Chase. Uh, we'll speak to you next time on the Footy Show, everyone. See you later. Cheers, mate. Poor little guy. Probably kept up with you for a mile or so. Tough little mutt. Yeah. I was afraid you'd get pulled over, Clark. You've been exceeding the speed limit for thousands of miles. Dad wasn't speeding. The cop stopped us because Dad forgot to... He was speeding, Rusty. No, he wasn't, Mom. Russ. Listen to your mother. I was speeding. I was driving like a maniac. We can all be grateful to this man for stopping us. You see kids a car... Here's the lead, sir. I'm going back to get the rest of the carcass off the road. Thank you, officer. See you. Have a nice day. It's people's escape. It's people's relaxation. And we need to do everything in order to continue that great uh, tradition of... I've got a five-year deal here. Pepsi.